Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Not much, Pat. Not much. I got to switch up my intro, I think. I think it's going to be Legacy Newbie and Pioneer Devotee. Oh, my God. What do you no, think? I'm sorry. What do you I think? can't tell if I'm vomiting because I'm sick or I just can't stand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so... Oh, we're going to get into it in a minute, but I'm so excited for that. Um, all right. Before we get into the cast, I know, Jerry, you're not feeling very well. And uh, the Pats are playing it at, uh, in about an hour from now. So we're going to keep the cast tight tonight. Uh, but we have an awesome guest. Before we get to them, um, I do want to thank our newest patron, Apocalypso91. I'm curious if that's your Christian name or that's just a, a sweet ass online. I hope handle. it's his Christian name, Apocalypso. <laughs> <laughs> Be pretty amazing, right? Like, like that mom and dad are like, yeah, our kids gonna our kids gonna do some amazing things in this world. <laughs> uh, but thank you, thank you so much for joining the uh, the Patreon. Um, if you guys want to support the show directly, you can of course visit uh, our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Leaving a Legacy. Uh, a lot of the funds we get, we actually dump right back into the cast, uh, including uh, some some awesome stuff that we do for the LAL Open, which is coming up this week, Jerry. Woo! <laughs> I appreciate you powering through for that one. I know you're not feeling great, but I'm, I'm super excited for it. Uh, I have to finish ordering my Halloween costume this week, so that's here for uh, for for the open. But I'm really excited about my costume. Have I told you what it is, Jerry? I think I'm. I think I've kept it under wraps, but I can't remember if I've talked about it on the cast or not. Uh, I don't think you've told me yet. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you off air. But I want it to be a surprise for people who are there and uh, watching the stream. It'll, it, <laughs> I think it's gonna be fun though. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry's going as the Ninja Turtle. Uh, you're going as the less, the least cool one, Raphael, right? The least cool one? Yes. I'm the one with attitude. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's the least cool one. Donatello is the best Ninja Turtle. Like hands We down. talked about this last time. And we did. I'm just wrong. saying. I'm just saying. You you're, entitled you to your, you're entitled to your wrong opinions. You, so. you just wanted a, a, <laughs> you wanted a reason to buy literal, like, actual, like, dangerous to own size <laughs> no so i i wanted to go as michelangelo but for whatever reason amazon doesn't have an orange ninja turtles mask they only had Raphael, donatello and leonardo and michelangelo for some reason was coming in march of 2020 i, I don't know why it takes six months to make a goddamn orange mask <laughs> he's back ordered he's very popular jerry apparently <laughs> Uh, so I'm going as Raphael because he was the only other option. You probably would have had a hard time buying like nunchucks online, actually, because I think those are actually considered weapons, whereas size are not somehow. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I thought I was buying toy size, and then they came in the mail, and they're just real. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> how much did you pay for them? Because I imagine toy size are like $10. Yeah, I paid $25 okay. for these size. So uh, I'm like, <laughs> I can, okay. I mean, that's expensive for like a prop, but, it's, yeah, seems, but it seems like a good deal for real, real weapons. But they're like stainless steel sides with like leather handle I'm like, are they oh, sharp these are, uh well no i mean sides aren't sharp they're just like prongs i oh, mean really the, the prongs dis- are sharp that's disappointing i thought they were like filed down to like blades i thought the middle part were were blades no that's terribly impractical, impractical? Not, that's how you stab people a, you're not supposed to stab people with size you're supposed to catch other bladed weapons with size Come and on, then do Pat. what I don't like that idea. That's like going into a fight with a baseball glove. You're not like, I mean, all right, you're going like, right, to catch the sword, then you're going to, you're like, that seems bad to me. I don't like that idea. Were they just for disarming people? Raphael never stabbed anyone? I'm, well, I mean, you can stab people, but I, that's not their purpose. I think that's what I would do. I would just hold them, like, I'd just hold them in my, in my fist and just, like, go stab, 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 stab. I don't know. I, I, think, I, think, I think that seems bad to me. They should be sharp. Let's sharpen them for the open. All right, we're we're gonna get. Come on, come on down early to the open. We're gonna have a grindstone set up in the uh, the parking lot and sharpen up all your uh, your toy st- yes. swords and stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure, for sure. That sounds like a good idea to me, Jerry. I, I think so. I think so. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into our guest uh, this week. Uh, so this, the, I, I know. All right. So we have Jesse Onlin on. Je- how's it going, Jesse? Hey, pretty good. 
So people may know you better uh, from your uh, uh, Reddit. Uh, I guess they, are they usernames in Reddit? I'm not sure. I'm not really super Reddit uh, knowledgeable there. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, so on Reddit and many other places on the internet, I'm called the Fring Thing. So uh, your listeners maybe know me as the principal moderator of the Legacy subreddit. Which you can find at reddit.com/r/mtglegacy. Yes, uh, I think it's one of the best places for legacy content and just uh, legacy community in general. It's pretty. It's pretty great. Uh, I think maybe second to our Facebook page, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. Uh, but no, I, I think that I think the um, the page is awesome, and I think I think what happened was, if I'm not mistaken, you had commented on a leaving a legacy. I, don't know, I think I I don't know what, how it was. I might have put a comment, and then you commented after me, and I'm like, oh, you should come on the cast. And you're like, ah, I don't really have much to say. I'm like, you should come on because I know I know the Frank thing. I know that you do like a ton of. Uh, you, I don't I don't know if you are like producing content per se, but you like aggregate a ton of info for that subreddit. Yeah, I feel probably people most know you from uh, this week in Twitter, where you you kind of like compile all the interesting stuff that gets discussed on the legacy section of Twitter and compile it for Reddit users who don't uh, really cross participate. Yeah, that's right, and uh, I'm glad to hear that you like this subreddit, Patrick. Uh, yeah, so I do very, I very much, very much. Yeah, so I, I try to put together all the interesting tweets every week. So if you don't use Twitter but you like legacy, you can find uh, the more interesting things that people have said. And then I also do, uh, you know, I put those little colorful icons beside each thing, and I try to post articles when I find them, and so on. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm very, very thankful for that because one of the things that I, one of the reasons why I feel like the Facebook page has been very successful is that it aggregates a ton of legacy content because there's not like you can't go to like one site per, like necessarily and find like tons of legacy content. It seems to be like peppered throughout different sites. It's it's not like you know like, like Channel Fireball is not going to have all legacy content all the time, but they're going to have like an article here, article there. There might be something on other sites, and and aggregating them in one place I think is so helpful for people in the community to find stuff and not have to be popping all over the place trying to trying to find the stuff themselves. Yeah, that's right. Very cool, very cool. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, uh, I know you said you play mostly Legacy. We we're talking about that in the in the, uh, the pre-show, but tell us a little bit about like how you got into Magic. Uh, you know, when you started, and sort of like what the scene's like up near you. All right, so I have a pretty good origin story. Uh, so that is sometime in the late '90s uh, when I was just a little kid. Uh, I went to the convenience store at the corner of my street, and uh, I don't know. Do you guys remember or? Maybe maybe they're still around those machines where you sort of slot coins in and then like you shunt a metal thing into the machine and you pull it out and it like extrudes a trading card. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, va- vaguely, I might have seen one of those when I was a child for sure. Wait, I was all on board until you said a trading card. When I think of like you put coins into a machine and then turn it and then it like stamps the coin and defaces government property. <laughs> oh, those are like the big cranking things you see at like museums, I think. You're That's doing. what I was picturing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing I, this is different. This to me sounds like a coin op thing where like like you see it at like a laundromat where you like shove the coins in this like they slide in this on this steel slide when you pull it out like beneath it or another slot in the machine something pops out the other That's way. That's exactly right. It's exactly like the laundromat <laughs> ones. Okay, so this convenience store had one of these and there was like one slot for hockey cards and one slot for, you know, whatever football cards or something. Mm-hmm. i don't know but uh there was i guess one for for magic cards and i, I had not i didn't know what magic was at this point right the the machine just showed like the back of the card or whatever and i was mm-hmm. like i don't know this looks cool so i put a quarter in or whatever and i got out this card it was black it had a picture of a guy with like ram horns <laughs> uh and in the top right corner there was a skull and then in the middle box it said Add skull, skull, skull to your mana pool. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, this is buying individual magic cards, right? Like a quarter a card, <laughs> right? Right. Wow. So I, I pulled out this card and I'm like, I don't know what these skulls are, but they seem cool. <laughs> uh, so of course that was an ice age dark ritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, add, add three skulls to the skull throne. I'm on board with this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Skulls for the skull throne. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> To me, age nine or whatever. Uh, And then I didn't touch uh, a magic card again for a long time. When I was a kid, I played the Pokemon TCG, uh, as I was just the right age for that, Uh, right up until about the point where Wizards stopped publishing it uh, in North America. And uh, then, I guess in high school, uh, on a lark, 
I bought some Time Spiral pre-constructed decks uh, for myself and some friends. And I played, um, so to learn the rules, you know, whatever, we played these, these pre-con decks. And the one that I got was blue and red. And it was a mix of two mechanics, uh, Suspend and Storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't really understand how Storm worked. It didn't seem very good to me. Uh, it's kind of complicated. It's like, oh, you have to do everything in one turn, and then you can maybe get, like, one or two free Ignite Memories. That didn't... I, I didn't get... I didn't get it. So what I did was I took all the Storm cards out, and I put more of those sweet Suspend cards in. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just jam-packed with Riftwing Cloudskates uh, and Deep Sea Krakens. So that was that was what seemed good to me at the time. Oh man, yeah, that speaks to me so much. That that was my go-to is to buy like pre-constructed decks. Like they used to make the old, like I actually have one sitting next to me right now. It's from Stronghold. It's the Sparkler pre-constructed deck. I still have the box with the decks inside. And uh, I would just like I was notorious for like taking the decks, be like, I don't like this stuff, pulling stuff out, and then adding a bunch of bad cards <laughs> and making like lands. an already, already like mediocre deck significantly worse. Who needs all these lands? Yeah. Like they, they just get in the way of drawing your good it's cards. True. It's true. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna have like uh uh like seven evacuations in my deck because that's what I want. <laughs> And of course, you know, starting in Time Spiral has got to be the worst place to do it, right? Where <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> a set that had three hundred different mechanics in it. Uh, so then I guess the I started playing sort of F and M Magic uh, in university around two thousand nine, right about when uh, Rise of the Eldrazi came out. Uh, so I got to experience uh, the greatest draft set of all time as my first draft format. Um. And uh, and that was right around the the M10 rules changes too, right? So when we lost Mana Burn and when Mystic tu- uh, Mystical Tutor was banned in Legacy, all that stuff. Wow, was that really 2010? Yeah, I guess it was so. a long time ago. Yeah, I just uh, feel like it would have been earlier, but yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, and then uh, I sort of progressed pretty rapidly into being interested in Legacy. Uh, and trying to build a legacy deck. I was, at this point, not very good at the game. I'm still not. but uh, So I wasn't necessarily winning a lot, but I was like, oh, legacy's clearly the coolest format. There's just the most going on. This was before modern existed, so legacy was the most strategically diverse format by a mile. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. So uh, to get into legacy, I I said, well, all right, I'm going to play something simple and easy that I can upgrade into something better. And so I bought Belcher. <laughs> uh, so I spent... I'm failing to see the upgrade into something better line, but go on. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Belcher contains four Lion's Eye Diamonds. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. Right. So I played a bunch of Belcher for maybe a year. Uh, and, you know, that's that's fun for a while, but it's uh, kind of a one-trick pony. Um, but I was able to, you know, slowly acquire all the cards I needed to play the Epic Storm. And then uh, eventually also Ad Nauseam Tendrils, and I played lots of Storm for a long time. A uh, new local game store opened up in my town, and uh, myself and uh, a friend or two really worked hard to start a legacy scene uh, here in my town, and uh, it worked. There's still people playing legacy here, so that's cool. Not a ton, but uh, enough to, to fire an event once or twice a week. That's awesome. Yeah. Then uh, in 2013, I got added as a moderator to the Legacy subreddit, so I've been doing that since then. Dang, six years. That's a long time. Yeah. Now, what's it like uh, being a moderator of a subreddit? Is there a ton? Because obviously, like, the uh, the main Magic, uh, the, the main, like, Magic the Gathering page is, is much bigger than the Legacy subreddit, but how much work actually goes into moderating that page? Uh, that's an interesting question. So not a ton. It's pretty easy. In part because it's not that big, mm-hmm. uh, compared especially yeah to the main Magic subreddit. The thing about the main Magic subreddit is that it kind of sucks, right? <laughs> oh, big time! <laughs> uh, it's like it's like if Reddit is the armpit of the internet, the Magic subreddit is the armpit of the Magic community. <laughs> right, and I think part of it has to do with this sort of tendency that content that's really simple and easy to interact with, and quick to make and quick to consume, does really well on Reddit unless you take active steps to try to curb it. And so the main magic subreddit has had a kind of problem where 
you know, somebody posts pictures of the cupcakes that they made with the mana symbols on them every week, it gets 10 trillion upvotes, and then that's what you see when you go there every single week, and it gets kind of boring and lame. Um, so in contrast, on the Legacy subreddit, we try to have a more kind of more in-depth, more discussion-oriented kind of thing. So, for example, we don't allow, like, memes and shit posts mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Um, and th so a lot of the moderation goes into sort of uh, massaging the content according to that that kind of editorial vision, and then there's also the the occasional dealing of you know sometimes you get some real sourpuss people who can't uh, act like adults. Yeah, and you can't gotta, play nice with others, and yeah, you gotta go. Guys, in there. I'm I'm right here. I'm right here. You don't have to you know talk about me like isn't that. Isn't there like a face? isn't there like a rule where like you have to have like five comments to every one piece of content or every like one thread that you open or something like that. I, I again, I'm not super fluent in in subreddit, so you have to uh, you know uh, you know get around my idiot self. <laughs> I don't think so. That might be true of some uh, subreddits, but not uh, not ours. Okay. Someone someone's telling me it's like the Reddit shadow ban, where Reddit has algorithms where if you create too many threads to your po your comment rate ratio, you'll get like shadow banned. Oh, weird. Know. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I, I certainly keep don't my do editing that. So. To the to the Eve forums, <laughs> yeah. And my you internet spaceships. <laughs> you uh, you mention uh, yourself as the the person who can't act like an adult and and gets kicked out. But I will note that you kicked me out of your show and tell Facebook group one time. <laughs> Listen, we take a hard line to trolling. And sometimes with show and tell, it's a thin, thin line between earnestness and trolling, and it's hard well, to tell. The, the thing is, it's not really my fault, right? The problem is that you believe that literally every card ever printed is playable in show and tell. Well, technically, if it's not a planeswalker, the answer is yes. Yes, it is. It can go into play off a of show and tell if it's not a planeswalker. So I rest my case. I guess so. <laughs> You're back in there, though. You got. You that's got, true. You got, that's true. You <laughs> For the record, I'm back in that group. <laughs> uh, there was a. There was a. There was like a, a six week stretch where Jerry was like on. He was on edge. He was on edge when it came to show and tell. And I thought. I thought he wasn't gonna be able to take it anymore. Honestly, I was. I was a little concerned about his mental health. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard like balancing between the trolls like Caleb, who always is good-natured ribbing but sometimes it gets to be a little much and then like the people who don't really know the deck that well and they will just post like ridiculous things like uh uh what is it what's the like two red add five red to your mana pool uh, uh seething song yes yeah 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 it's like seething song into like the Konzatar here <laughs> five mana dragon <laughs> it's like why is this a show and tell <laughs> and like like this has got to be a troll and then i feel bad when i'm like this is a troll right and like no i honestly think this is a good idea i'm like well i've had worse ideas than this so i can't really fault you yeah we did, we did, you did splash white and show and tell for a while so <laughs> that were i won tournaments with that build <laughs> I beat <laughs> yeah. I beat Rich Shea in the finals with my splash white show. Was that the, the Nahiri build, right? Yeah, the Nahiri yeah. build with Monastery Mentor. Yeah, so funny. Uh, Top at a one point five k, maybe a one k with uh, splashing white and black in Sneak and Show. Ooh, yeah. So it's Off it's of a astrolabes. very <laughs> it's a very fine line between genius and troll when it comes to show and tell. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's amazing. Speaking of Astrolabe, we did have the uh, the BNR uh, this. Uh, well, I guess it was today actually. The latest ban restricted. There was nothing uh, ban restricted from from Legacy, but I figure it's worth mentioning. Uh, Arkham's Astrolabe was banned in Popper. That's another one of our Eternal format. It's like our little. It's like our little brother, little sister in the Eternal formats uh, in Popper. And uh, I know a lot of people were, were calling for the Astrolabe ban. I don't know. I I doubt. I mean, I don't really have much to say about it, other than I know people who I follow who are into Popper are happy that it's gone. Does anyone else have anything to add about about the Astrolabe banning? Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I haven't played yeah. any Popper in a long time, yeah, so... same, same. Uh, it, it's a fun format. I just, just don't have time for it, honestly. But, um, yeah, so that was I thought that was interesting. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and something I mentioned in the... Uh, earlier in the show is the uh the advent of pioneer yeah this is actually a great episode for you to come on because i feel that today's episode is an aggregation of just a bunch of different news that got released <laughs> today yeah 
So what do we think about Pioneer, boys? I'm, I'm, all right. So I'm super excited for Pioneer, and it's all because it's going to let me pl- play a standard deck that I loved playing back in uh, back in Theros, uh, when Theros was a standard format. Um, the only thing I'm a little bummed about is that I can't play Garrett Collar of Beasts, so I'm going to have to find another Green Planeswalker for that slot. But I'm going to bring back Mono Green Devotion. I'm super psyched for it. I don't know why Wizards just doesn't just suck it up and bring back Extended, because it feels like that's what they want to do. Because <laughs> like, I actually don't know what Extended is. Oh, it changed yeah, ex- so many times. It used to be like, uh, you know, it was Type 1 plus some more stuff, and then it was Type 1 plus some more stuff plus Dual Lands, because the Dual Lands were going to rotate out, and they mm-hmm. couldn't have that. And then it was like... Uh, a rotating format with a really wide window, and then they narrowed the window, and then they got rid of it completely. I think huh. that's the fall. Yeah, that pretty much sums up <laughs> its history. But yeah, it was basically like extended what... Like, there's always been this awkward spot in magic formats where people are looking for something in between legacy and standard mm-hmm. even like way before modern existed this is always the case you know extended was that for a long time extended was basically like rotating modern where uh up you know up to when it ended it was like the last uh i think it was like three blocks or four blocks mm-hmm. at a time and it was just a way to like play with some older cards. The problem was is like outside of the tournament scene, no one ever played it because legacy was super affordable at this time. Like you could still get like uh underground seas and tropical islands for like fifty bucks a piece, mm-hmm. which was, you know, expensive but definitely manageable. So like no one really played extended that much unless it was a the Pro Tour format or, or a GP format coming up. Hmm. Although do do look up so that the, the strongest magic deck probably ever was an extended deck called broken jar and if you just want to oh, yeah if you just want to see like a magic deck that's that's dumb like i don't know if you played standard during Cobblade or whatever like no. you, there, there's been dominant decks before but broken jar was on another level you gotta you gotta have a look at that deck list yeah it was memory jar and talarian uh, academy yeah you kill them with megrim on like turn one yeah, it was like <laughs> it was an, it was basically a modern deck that could that functioned like a vintage deck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Pioneer, I just feel so Pioneer to me just feels like Wizards is also just throwing up its hands with modern. We're like, well, we can't fix this. So like here's this new thing. I, I think I just feel like I think one of the reasonings is like, oh, we want people to be able to take their standard deck today and play it in like after it rotates out and like if you have a throne like a throne of Eldraine deck like it's not going to do anything in modern it's just going to get crushed every single time because the modern decks are just so tuned it's just like such a i don't want to call it a settled meta game because I, I and i don't even follow that closely so i'm i'm definitely speaking out of turn here but um it seems like it's just a much more settled meta game than than it, you know that won't allow a deck an underpowered standard deck to make waves in it whereas like this format is I mean, it's it's starting from so we I guess we should mention the card pool starting from Return to Ravnica and going forward, uh, and the f- the five cards that are on the ban list right now are the five fetch lands uh, from Cons of Tarkir, which is interesting. So, yeah, I mean that's that's great. I think banning the fetch lands is very wise. Uh, you know, I don't think you know if you play a blue deck in Legacy, you know that sometimes your turn two takes five minutes of shuffling because you preordained and then you pondered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you cracked a fetch land both times. It's pretty annoying. So I think that that was pretty wise. I would like to note, though, that uh, the name of this format is just dog shit. You don't like Pioneer? <laughs> it's so bad. Holy well, it shit. It was supposed to be Frontier. Haruya tried setting up their own format that was very similar to this, except they set it up, I think, like one or two years ago. So the card pool wasn't as large right. at the time. And they didn't ban fetch lands. And they called it Frontier. But but That's was that also pretty bad? Was that taken? Yeah. Was that the original idea for this format? Was Frontier, or are you just saying like I, I I assume so because like Frontier people liked the idea of it, but it never pool. got off the ground. Yeah, yeah. The card pool was a little too small, and also like Wizards didn't support it, so that was a big knock against mm-hmm. it, and it just it never really took off. It was kind of like tiny leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, Pioneer, I think, is, has a better shot because Watsy's throwing its full weight and support behind it. But also at the same time, yeah. Watsy full it's through its full weight and support behind Brawl, and Brawl is also not really taken off. True, true, right. I just hate that a bunch of the format names, like for example, Vintage, Modern, and Standard, are all adjectives. But then 
legacy, pioneer, popper are all nouns. There's no coherent system of, you know, maybe we should go back to the type 1, type 1.5 thing, <laughs> because then at least it would be consistent. So is this like type 1.5C? Is this what pioneer sure, would be? <laughs> why not? Just make standard type 10, and then you have lots of space in the middle. Yeah. So I think it's, I, I, I do like the fact that they ban the fetch. I, I just want to get back to the, them banning the fetch lands because they have the shock lands in this in these formats, right? Because the shock lands were printed in uh, what was it? Uh, Return to yeah, Ravnica. Ravnica sets. I like that a lot then because having like I think it just makes the decks gonna be a lot less uh, less chance for them to be uh, you know basically like four color pile pile decks where it gets very homogenized. Yeah, uh, I mean. That's fine. P- people have been calling for an eternal format without fetch lands for a long time. I never got the argument about like shuffling a long time. I, maybe it's just because I'm a born and bred legacy player, but I never feel like shuffling takes up too much of a game time. The thing is, do do you play legacy on moto? Because it's so convenient on moto, and it's uh, I do I do moto. I play a lot of paper magic too. I mean, I think as long as you're playing with like competent players like i think everyone like i noticed this whole fear of fetchland shuffling started when they reprinted fetchlands and cons of Tarkir. yeah yeah and then like all the standard players and all these people who have never fetched before are doing it and it's causing all these problems meanwhile on the legacy side of things you know we've been playing with fetchlands for years we know how to do this we know how to make it go at a reasonable pace and it just like the shuffling issue just isn't a problem in legacy like it was in standard yeah, I mean, so i feel that that problem is just a little overhyped I, I agree i only play legacy in paper i i tried playing it in moto and i just didn't like the experience and that's why i sold out of my moto collection but um i've only played it in stand in paper really and i, I also never really found this the shuffling to be that big of a deal i mean i also play blue deck so you know maybe that's that's part of the reason why is because i'm doing half the shuffling but um yeah I, I agree with you jerry i think a lot of it is a little bit overblown uh people fearing the the shuffling slowing down the play but i do think that if you know regardless of the shuffling issue um, not giving people like perfect mana bases is going to make the format a lot more interesting for sure, especially when it starts out. The yeah. reducing the shuffling has got to be better for video coverage too, right? Totally, yeah, totally. I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure Watsy's interested in it's, and it's worth noting too. Like they have when, Jerry, when you said putting their their full weight behind it, they released like the first quarter uh, Magic Fest 2020 schedules, and uh, I'm just looking at this: Brussels, uh, Nagova, Na- I'm sorry, Nagoya, Phoenix, uh, Louisville are all pioneer which is really which is really surprising right yeah can we also talk about how there's no legacy gp in the first half of in the uh, first qu- well the first quarter right it's the first quarter uh, it goes up to june no so no, it first ha- it goes up to april uh was i looking at it wrong i thought it went up to nope, june just up to up to april Okay, all right. I'm gonna put my pitchfork away. <laughs> I thought there wasn't gonna be any. Yeah, so if I'm looking at the schedule, I'm hoping like something like I doubt Providence is gonna. Providence is always like standard. Uh, I would love to see Providence be be legacy, but GP Providence 2011 was a legacy GP. It was the only one where Metal Misstep was legal. <laughs> Ding! I did not know. Gotcha. Actually, I, I don't even think I was playing. I wasn't playing Legacy in 2011. I started playing Legacy in 2015, I think. Here's a great story about GP Providence. Uh, so I played at that GP and I got the mat, uh, and I got it signed by a bunch of people, whatever. And then at GP Niagara Falls, my round one opponent was the guy who won that GP, and I played <laughs> with that mat at Niagara Falls. Oh no way! So, yeah. Uh, so so you're you're from Canada, right? We actually haven't mentioned this, but you're from up Canada, right? Sure am. All right. And now, are you born and bred Canadian? Uh, that's right. Okay. All right. That's kind of like drawing the short straw, huh? It's kind of a bummer. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I think I would choose to live here right now. Yeah, I, I actually can't. I can't argue with that. <laughs> I can't argue with that. Uh, so you came down. Do you, you travel for a lot of the GPs? Or uh, yeah, I've I've gone to I don't know five or six or seven legacy GPs. No uh, no results worth mentioning. <laughs> same, same, same. Uh, that's we cool. actually played at. Um, at Niagara Falls, is that right? Oh, did you really? Yeah, we played. Uh, I played Omni Sneak against you. You bricked on land for like seven turns oh in a row. God. <laughs> okay, I do remember that now. That's hilarious. Yeah, oh that was God. me. So, uh, so for the listeners' benefit, what happened was I think this was a game th- uh, two, maybe I think game two. I had sort of beaten you fair and square in game one, and game two, I think 
you played a land and maybe you made a delver or something. I don't remember. And then you didn't draw a land for maybe five or six turns. Mm-hmm. I drew a land every turn for five or six turns. And then finally you drew your second land and it was a fetch land. And you went to fetch. Did you stifle I cast, it? I cast Cunning no, Wish. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. And I got Trick Bind. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> and I Trick Binded your Trick Bound? Yes. Trick Bound your Scalding Turn <laughs> for five mana. Yes. Uh, and you lost that game very badly. Yes, yes, I did. I remember that. You're like, you're like, well, I don't think I, I, I can't remember. My, my recollection of it was, was like, well, I don't think I've ever had to do this before, but it seems like the right move here. And like, I think that's what you had said. And I was like, yeah, that basically like closed the door on that. I mean, I went, that was a very, that was like the worst showing I've had at a legacy, at like a large legacy event uh, since I started playing. It was just, it was just, I just had some really bad luck, I think. In the first few rounds there, and uh, I went 0-4 sandwich uh, at that <laughs> at that GP. <laughs> I think my round one at that GP, I think it was round one. Round one or two, I played the exact 75-card Mirror of Omni Sneak, which I can assure you is extremely galaxy-brained. Because, <laughs> like, you can't only sneak attack. Like, if you resolve a sneak attack, you win immediately. And if you try to cast any other spell, you lose. That's amazing. It's a very strange matchup, <laughs> and that was that was the uh, the GP that Jerry took sneaking show in a top eight. Believe so. That was a good one, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry's too busy yeah, uh, organizing the troops for the next Eve rave. I mean, or yes. raid, or raid, <laughs> or raid. I guess. Do you have Eve raves too? They're, do you have like your ships out in space and like? Uh... They're cut. No, they're just battles. Okay. Pat, come on, know. we're not losers like WoW players. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, isn't this the game where you play as a space trucker and you sort of optimize spreadsheets? That's exactly what uh, yep. it is. <laughs> right. Yep, that, that too. Also, uh, Space Diplomatic Relations Simulator, oh, where boy. without even playing the game, you send treaties and Jerry, you know, Jerry to- has literally... So Jerry and I both play... We play a D&D campaign every week and uh, or every other week, whatever. Anyway, Jerry has sent me actual, like... Uh, I can't get him to do any prep work for the podcast, by the way, but he has sent me, like... <laughs> he has sent me videos that he's created done the voiceover work for done the done the, the visual work for of they're like they're like, campaign like a michael bay rallying film. cries and like this prop these propaganda videos that he sends me he's like look how awesome this is i'm like jerry i can't even get you to show up on time for the podcast what are you doing eve is yeah, real i guess it, real. i mean it's uh, yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of real real dollars in that game that's for sure oh yeah. man that's hilarious but anyways yeah that was a great gp <laughs> Yeah, my only exposure to Eve is every couple of years when there's a news article about like an actual hundred thousand American dollars evaporating because of some space battle. That's great. Oh I yeah, I love that. Those are fun. We do that from time to time. <laughs> Jerry, anything interesting happening in the Eve universe this week? Do we need our need our uh, Eve update? Do we do we really want to do an yes, Eve update I right do. now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my alliance is a little nervous right now because there's been this massive war between the Chinese and the Russians. Oh, you south. know, this is hitting way too close to the real world, actually. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> and the, Rus- the Russians just beat the Chinese. Uh, the Chinese group is named Fraternity. The uh, Russian group is named XX Death XX. And they had a massive war that's been going for the last nine months. Uh, finally, the Russians beat the Chinese. Wait, are them these out. straight edge Russians? <laughs> <laughs> you think, but. Like this group's been around since like 2006, which I think is before even Straight Edge exists. So I think they just had an unfortunate name. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, so the Russians pushed the Chinese out and evicted them from their space. The Chinese are in full retreat, and now the Russians are moving into our south. And let me just tell you, Pat, we're not friendly with the Russians. So now, instead of having the Chinese to our south, who we were friendly with, we have this hostile entity. So we're uh, we're shoring up our defenses because you know. Brother Ruski, he's never content to stop with what he has. He's gonna he's gonna keep pushing, and our lands are next on the chopping block. Oh so we're gosh. we're readying our defenses. Oh my gosh! All right, well, thank you for that update, Jerry. We appreciate it. I'm on the edge. We're on the edge of our seats over here. Um, <laughs> next episode, it's like so. Jerry couldn't attend the Leaving a Legacy Open because thousands of dollars in spaceship digital spaceships were burning. It's true. It's true. Um, all right, so uh, I know we got some uh, Magic Online Legacy results here. We had the format play playoffs the legacy mocks and the legacy challenge was there anything we wanted to go over first we probably won't hit all of them but it's probably worth going over at least one or two of the top uh, top eights here 
Does anyone have a anyone have a preference? Any spicy decks they want to talk about? Let's take a look. I haven't even looked at the uh, the top eights yet. Same, same. Uh, Let's take a look at the playoff. Okay, we'll start with the playoff then. So first place we have Rug Delver. Uh, second place we have S- oh Sorbo. Yep, Sorbo what taking it down rug delver second place is storm the list won't load for me because i so i can't tell you which type of storm uh third place is surprisingly elves we have not seen elves in a top eight in a long time uh fourth place is tes uh fifth place is death and taxes uh, sixth place is Death and Taxes wow. again. So surprising, Elves and Death and Taxes, two decks that have really been on the downswing for the last you know two months mm-hmm. or so, but all, putting three slots into top eight, which is interesting. Uh, Wait, we have. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I misunderstood what you said. Uh, seventh place is Abzan, and eighth place is a Strifo Special Bug okay, Control. Yeah, I want to see what this Abzan list is. It says it's not loading right now, but. Looks like the storm list is completely stuck ad nauseum tendrils. No, yeah, blocks. they just load, just loaded for me. Oh, and now MTG top eight's telling me no event can be found. It's happening, oh, guys. No. Wizards got to MTG top eight. You know, legacy's out the Jerry's door. Like, yeah, we're DDoSing this site. The three of us trying to get oh. into the form. <laughs> here's I've got the absent <laughs> yeah. list. All right, so here's uh, this is actually a little bit spicy. It includes uh, GP Providence All Star Tower of the Magistrate. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, so what do we got here? We got creatures. Three Corsair of Crewfix. One Gattic One Knight of Autumn. Four Knight of the Reliquary. Three Plague Engineer. One Ramunap Excavator. For instance and sorcerers, we've got Green Sun, Zenith, Lingering Souls, and one Maelstrom Pulse. Wow, the Lingering Souls. I haven't seen that mm. tech in a long time. And then we've got Mox Diamond, Chalice of the Void, one Sorcerer Spyglass, and four Sylvan Libraries. Wow. So is this like... Uh, this is like junk plug or something. Yeah, this is like honest to goodness junk. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, three plague engineer. That card's not and, and the fourth on the sideboard. I hate that card, by the way. And an engine and yeah, an I, engineered plague. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess it didn't work because this top eight has three tribal creature decks, yeah. and uh, this player came in seventh. Yeah. So. <laughs> Maybe this player versus the storm deck is what I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, that's totally that's totally possible. Yeah, because I don't. How does this deck beat storm? Chalice, I guess. Uh, yeah, chalice and prey. Ch- <laughs> There's one Trinisphere in the board. Oh yeah, and one Leyline of the Void. That's the name of my new uh, Christian youth group. Chalice. Like you and chalice prey. them. You play Plague Engineer <laughs> on goblins and hope that they never like. Yeah, I guess you have Bajuka Bog too. In this, you have one in the main, one on the side. So that's. Yeah, but Jukabag doesn't really help you against Storm. That, I mean, like, it does, unless you it does get to like, an extent. S- like, I mean, obviously you can't. They don't have like uh, they don't have they don't have crop no, rot. That's what I was getting to. So, but like it. So if you can't instant speed it, there's not really. I mean, unless your Storm player is really dumb, a Bajukabag should four fairy macabre. The game. Interesting. I wonder if that comes in against Storm. Uh probably. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on what version of Storm sure. it is. Like, if it's leaning heavily on the past and flames. Yeah. yeah. This is interesting though. Tower of the Magistrate. Yeah, kill those uh, batter skulls, man. Hmm. Your zero zero germ has protection from artifacts. Oh, interesting. Guess what? Yeah, so you give the germ protection from artifacts. Germ can't hold the germ batter dies. skull. Germ dies, and now you just have a useless batter skull. And if they, you know, pay five mana to equip it to something else, you just repeat it. It's like nice five mana. I spent <laughs> one and tapped my tower of magistrate. Kind of cool, actually, <laughs> I did not. I, I, I've actually never didn't know this card existed. Yeah, yep. this was tech in the blue white stone blade mirror a long, long time oh, ago. Oh, that makes that makes perfect sense, though, right? Yeah, and people like aren't familiar with it, so they don't play around it. So like they'll swing in with, with a creature equipped with like a sword mm-hmm. of fire and ice, be like, "Ah, oh, you can't block me," and then it's like, "All right, eat my true name nemesis to the <laughs> face." <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, this one ley line of the void, huh? I guess they're just leaning yeah, on the fairy macabs in this deck. In this deck against reanimation, they're running. They're running white. Like why Leyline of the Void and not Rest in Peace? That like, if you're only going to run one, yeah. I mean, they have what one Caracas, a Savannah, a Snow Covered Plains. They have one Trinisphere for the Storm matchup. So they have three white sources. Yeah, I, I think you could probably play Rest in Peace in this deck. Hmm. Yeah. Interestingly, the. 
winner of the format playoff is playing uh, sort of the stifle hootie build of Canadian Threshold rather than no bad cards. Rock. Yeah, we I've seen that like go back and forth, and I've listened to a few podcasts talking about uh, specifically the dead format, kind of talking about those two decks going back and forth. Now, now I can't find the deck because it's. Can we can we just change the name of the deck to Hootie and the Mandrills? <laughs> I, I get behind that. I like that. Yeah, I think that's much better. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Canadian Threshold. Thanks. I do like I do like the name Canadian <laughs> Threshold. It is pretty interesting, but yeah, the uh, actually, if you play any Legacy in Toronto, you occasionally run into uh, one or both of the Canadians in Canadian Threshold. They're still uh, still around and still playing Magic, as far as oh, I know. like so there is actual like a group of people who who innovated the deck. Yeah, 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 that's right. David Kaplan and Lamb Fan. Yeah, when it was Were Bears before Tarmogoyf no was way. printed. That's cool. Yeah, Nalothni Dragon. Boom. Yeah, Canadian Threshold makes a lot more sense when it, you go back to the name of the deck when they actually had Threshold creatures in it. <laughs> it's like how people call Affinity Affinity, even though Affinity cards aren't in Affinity anymore. <laughs> yep. Man, Tape is being a bastard right now. I cannot, like. It's keeps yeah nothing um yeah this is being a pain in the ass yeah it's too bad because MTG Top Eight's really like the the best decklist aggregator by far except that it apparently runs on someone's first generation <laughs> iPhone sitting in a drawer somewhere that's <laughs> that's actually why it's still running he thought he took it down but uh it's a stubborn yeah. stubborn bugger and it won't yeah, won't so quit his iPhone is uh <laughs> lagging under new updates I guess but. Do we need to do a fundraiser for MTG Top 8? Like, if anyone knows the MTG Top 8 people who ever run it and they are, like, hurting or something, <laughs> let us know. We'll run yeah, new events yeah, for you guys. Yeah, we charity for that. Yeah, because I cannot, I'm, I'm bummed because I want to get into these and I, I just can't. That sucks. All right. Here we go. I got Strifo's Bug Control List and this thing right, looks pretty down, sweet. Because he's always got interesting decks. So... One Badlands, one Bayou, one Bloodstained Mire, three Grove of the Burn Willows, an Islands, four Delta, three Scalding Tarn, one Swamp, two Trops, two Underground Sea, two Volcanic Islands. Uh, so it's a lie. It's not bug control. There is quite a lot of red in that mana base. Yeah. <laughs> this is really four color control. I mean, it's it's Strifo pile, right? It's a pile deck being played by Strifo. It has Dak Faden in it. That pretty sure that makes it Strifo pile. Makes us Strifo pile. Actually, speaking of, we keep meaning to have Strifo on, and I keep s- dropping the ball on that. So Strifo will be on soon, guys. Instead, you get <laughs> second-rate guests like me. <laughs> no, just Canadian. <laughs> just Canadian. Ah. <laughs> uh, going on with the list, uh, three Assassin's Trophy, which is a card we haven't seen much play like it made a lot of splash when it got printed and feels kind of fallen out of favor a little bit like i haven't seen much of it just i think mostly because we haven't really seen very many bug lists around i feel like but it's always i think it's always a player any any deck that's running the colors yeah i feel just the black green combination has been way down lately which is why we haven't seen it very much uh four brainstorm and two of the hot new card drown in the lock uh i've been testing a lot of drown in the lock and there are times when it's just not good at all like when you're playing against uh mono red prison which apparently is a deck that cards never go to their graveyard (laughs) uh or against things like dredge it's absolutely amazing um then four force of will one inquisition of kozilek four ponder two punishing fire one spell snare two thought wait what is one tyrant scorn this is a tech that people have been playing against depths so it's an instant yeah. each, for a blue and a black choose one destroy target creature with converted mana cost three or less or return target creature to its owner's hand so this just gets rid of every creature that depths can make yep that's pretty good uh then three deck fade in two jace one oko thief of crowns apparently this guy is through and through a legacy staple at this point because i am seeing him everywhere my rug delver opponent played against me earlier today um i'm seeing it just pop up all over the place personally i think it's just people playing a new card it's gonna go the same way as uh narset went uh, it it lost me the game. Yeah, I mean, look, look, look <laughs> gonna win you the game sometimes too, right? But I just feel like uh, it's not you know it's 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 a new card, it's a new toy. Everyone wants to play with it, but I don't think it's nearly as good as people are making out to be. Personally, I was uh, I was playing my uh, blue black Omnitel list with the fairies and the uh, mm-hmm. Wishclaw. Uh, oh the yeah, how's that going? And 
it's been going well. I actually, I've been I've been averaging either four ones or the occasional three two with it. Uh, I haven't cracked a five zero with it. I'm still. It's a pretty actually complicated deck as far as like lining things up. Um, but I've been having fun with it. But I was playing against this Rug Delver opponent, and they had an Oko, and I was all set to win the game, except I was one mana short. So I'm like, oh, I'll just like pass the turn. I'm on seventeen life. There's no way they're gonna kill me. I'm just then I just crack my monkey paw and I win the game from there. And then he plays Oko and turns my monkey claw into a 3-3 creature and I can no longer activate it. (laughs) And I ended up losing the game because I needed that to find the show and tell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've really enjoyed some of the the screenshots of people turning chalices into 3-3s and then then swordsing them. Yeah, that kind of stuff's pretty funny. I do like that quite a bit. Anything that gets rid of a chalice of the void warms my heart. I had another opponent who had a trinisphere out and also an oko and they made the trinisphere a three three creature which ended up allowing me to win the game because then i just like chained off with uh wishes and show and tell into omniscience oh, <laughs> they're sitting there with like their three three trinisphere <laughs> let me tell you a story about turning a trinisphere into a creature so i used to play legacy on moto uh and i was playing the epic storm back when lion's eye diamonds were like 110 ticks and you had to buy each one in two transactions uh, and my Tezzeret opponent had me totally locked out of the game under a Trinisphere, a bunch of other crap. Uh, he's got, you know, I don't, I have seven cards in my hand, but I can't do anything. And my opponent decides, all right, well, now he's going to turn the corner. He's going to close out the game. So he starts animating his stuff. And I think the first or second turn, he animates his Trinisphere, turns it into a 4-4 or a 5-5 or whatever Tezzeret does. And he attacks me and I take the damage. Uh, and then... I untap and I cast Dark Ritual for one black mana, and my opponent does nothing. Uh, and his clock ticks down and ticks down, and the reason is that he can't understand why I don't have to pay three, and the reason is that Trinisphere doesn't work when it's tapped. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got to just easily crush my opponent, who punted because he decided to attack me with a Trinisphere. It was great. That's amazing. Oh, good. My uh, MG yeah, Top 8 perfect. just opened up for me. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. oh, the, the DDoS. Oh, time to see two Renin-6. Fuck this deck. <laughs> oh, yeah. And finally, yeah, two Renin-6. It's a good card. I just don't, I just don't like I don't like the Modern Horizons cards. Oh, man. Awesome. All right. Well, I am uh, I am running out of time right now, Jerry, so we're going to we're gonna have to close this one out this week. Oh, yeah. It's Patriots Night. Has it already been an hour? Time flies when it you're does. having fun. It does. Uh, Jesse, thanks for coming on, man. I can't believe that. I remember that game, by the way, in Niagara. And I should have, when you said your name was Jesse Onlin, I'm, I I always write down my opponent's names uh, in my notes. So, so when I play them, when I when I talk about in the cast, sometimes I'll drop their last name if I feel like it's significant or whatever. And uh, I definitely wrote down your name. That's so funny that we played uh, in Niagara and you stomped me 2-0. I had a very bad showing in Niagara, so... Uh, how, how, did you end up do, doing well throughout the tournament, or nope? No? <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> Pat, come on, you you saw top eight That's in that true. tournament. Come That's on, true. man. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, Jerry, let's get into scoops and poops, and then we'll get out of here. Scoops. Uh, you got to get the echo effect on that, uh, Justin. People have been asking for like a reverb on Jerry's scoops. So scoops. <laughs> Uh, Jerry, who are you going to scoop in in top eight this week? Uh, I am going to scoop in all the people making mad, bad money off this pioneer craze. Uh, prices are already going crazy. Um, apparently, Deathright Shaman is back up to a fifteen dollar card, which makes me glad. That's so stupid. Makes me glad it, I not, it, never got no rid of my. <laughs> <laughs> Deathrite Shaman is not nearly as good without Fetchlands. Yeah, I, I, need, I need to sell mine because when Deathrite Shaman was banned, I never got rid of my 32 copies of Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, so <laughs> I have my Japanese copy somewhere. I'm probably going to Yeah, I got to fire sale too. those. Yep, for sure. Well, I still have a stack of Gitaxian probes somewhere. Oh, pew, pew, I like that. Yeah. Any poops? Uh, yeah, just fucking cars in general, Pat. Cars oh, in general. Oh, you're gen- having cars issues with your car again? So, on Sunday, I went to see The Joker, which is a terrible movie, by the way. It's like... Um, it- everyone. So, people who I don't trust have told me, like, people who I work with who I don't, like, I don't... I don't value their opinion. Their opinion, but like it's a it's a great movie. It's so good. Yeah. It's anyone so who good. tells me the Joker is their favorite movie, I'm calling like DSS on. 
<laughs> Which I feel bad because Joaquin Phoenix was great. Like Joaquin Phoenix did a great performance, but yeah. my God, that movie is like if R slash incels and 4chan had a baby and that baby grew up and decided to write a script vaguely related to the Batman universe. <laughs> oh shit, Jerry with the hot take. <laughs> but anyway, so I went to go see Joker, which I hadn't. And I come out <laughs> come out on the parking lot. Some fucker sideswiped my car in the parking lot and just no way. drove away. No no Your new no car? Yep. So you have, well, you have full coverage on it, right? So yeah. Also, this is also my a temporary car. My dad convinced me that it's probably not a good idea to buy a new car going directly into winter and to just use a beater for the dad. Well, I don't agree with your dad. You don't agree it's, with my dad? Okay. No, no, Mister Me. I don't. I don't appreciate that. You want to buy a I brand want new Jerry car? To get the Challenger <laughs> so we could do donuts in the Etsy parking lot this weekend. <laughs> and now I'm mad that we can't do that. No, don't worry. We can still do donuts in the Buick the, <laughs> that I have. <laughs> Less cool in the Buick, Jerry. Just saying. Buddy. Well, my Buick got got sideswiped in the uh, in the parking oh, lot. That's a bummer. But I'm actually glad I didn't get the Challenger because I'm glad they sideswiped this beater yeah. Buick that I'm driving until winter's over and not a brand new Dodge Challenger. Yeah, that sucks. Sorry, buddy. It's okay. It's just life. Because fuck people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna scoop. I got a quick scoop into Pioneer. I'm excited for that format. Um. It's something new on the horizon I'm going to check out. And I just realized that Garrett Collar of Beasts is uh, from M14, which is included in the... Uh, so I can just like build my Monogreen Devotion deck that I played in Standard years ago. So I'm really excited for that. It's probably going to suck ass in the format, but I don't care. It's just too much fun to play. Uh, and then I'm going to poop on Trickbind. Now that Jesse's on the cast and he retold me that story, uh, that nightmare I had to live <laughs> day one of uh, GP Niagara, I'm just going to poop on Trickbind. And uh, and Jesse, uh, who you want to scoop in the top eight this week? Oh, I got a bunch. So let's start with uh, yeah. Frank Karsten, who's the only person who approaches magic uh, writing with any level of scientific rigor. I really love his articles. He really does the math. Uh, you know, what deck is beats what deck? I don't know. Most people don't know. If they claim to know, they're lying because they haven't done the work. They haven't done the math. Listen, the percentage is always 95%. Of course. It's always 95% because that way you leave 5% in case you're wrong. (laughs) Right. Perfect. Uh, How about Matt Sperling for the Magic the Gathering for Advanced Players series? Uh, There's been some legacy content in that series. I think it's great. It's like some of the best in-depth tactics stuff you can find right now. Uh, How about Chronicler1029, a Reddit user who posts... Uh, all the lists from Moto and points out the interesting ones so you don't have to uh, sift through all the stock lists. Uh, Crow Monolith, another one of the moderators uh, at r slash MTG Legacy, uh, my loyal henchman. Uh, 5028 does the weekly stream and video roundup post. Uh, and I'll just scoop in everybody who makes uh, legacy content because uh, there's not that much of it. And so uh, every little bit helps. Hell yeah. Wait, I just remembered, Jesse, you promised me that you were going to go through the Canadian Parliament and compare each member of the Canadian Parliament with a magic card. I've, we can do that. Uh, I'm concerned <laughs> that we might be cutting into sports ball time. Maybe we can do it as a, a duo. But, uh, we can just fade out. Yeah, we can actually, just fade uh, out with that. <laughs> no, let's, just, well, just, let's do that. I will bounce off, I will bounce out of here, and I, I'm... I can't wait to listen to this because actually I really you you told me you did it and I was really looking forward to it but now I I have to go watch football. All right, I've got some real quick poops though. Pat, you know this thing was developed okay, in the nineties yeah, in the nineties called a VCR that allows you to tape live broadcasts and watch them again. Jerry, I cut. Listen, buddy, I cut the cord. I watch my sports on Hulu now. I don't even have a DVR anymore. Does Hulu so not I have, have a watch it live again like an yeah, animal? Does Hulu like not an have animal, recordings? Jerry. Does Hulu not have recordings? Set up OBS. Set up OBS and record it, and then just come back to it. All right, I gotta go watch it now, Jerry. All right, all right. <laughs> no, but I want to hear. I want to hear Jesse's poops first. All right, here they are. Okay, so I have uh, two fun ones and one serious one. All right, fun ones. <laughs> People who cast crop rotation and they don't sacrifice the land and they just stare at you, waiting to for you to tell them if the crop rotations is okay. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. They all do it. Two. <laughs> People who cast life from the loam with like eleven cards, eleven lands in their graveyard, and they don't say what their targets are. <laughs> Same I'm thing. Noticing theme. I'm noticing a theme about announcing targets. <laughs> it's very annoying. <laughs> uh, and then one serious one. I know that there's like a new thing to be outraged about in U.S. politics every day, but uh, this there's been a couple of news stories now about 
like kids who were separated from their families at the border getting now adopted out by like yeah. American families. So that's uh, that's genocide. It's like actual. Up. It's like actual genocide. So that's serious shit. Uh, I tried to figure out, you know, what could listeners do to help out with that situation if possible. It seems like uh, one easy thing to do would be to go to the uh, donate to the ACLU. So if you go to aclu.org/action, there's a donate button there. Seems like that would be a good organization to kick some money to. Uh, you know, if you can afford foil preordains, you can certainly afford to kick the ACLU some money. That's true. Hey, I donate to the ACLU. Nice. I also have my foil preordains, though. <laughs> you could have both. <laughs> Why not both? Awesome. All right. Well, Jesse, seriously, man, thank you so much for coming on. And we'll, we're, we're going to have you on again because I really enjoy talking to you. And you're such a, a wealth of knowledge of, like in the legacy format. And I only knew you was the Frank thing. Uh, and then I realized that you had actually beaten me in a GP. So that makes it so much more, so much better. Uh, <laughs> so much better. Thanks. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to get out of here, guys. I'm going to go watch the Patriots crush uh, whatever team they decided to play this week. It doesn't matter who it is. They're just going to keep rolling through the NFL. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. It's, it's the Jets. But anyway. Uh, yeah. So I will see you guys. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. Jerry, I'll see you Saturday for the Open. Woo! And uh, I can't wait to hear those sweet, sweet uh, uh, cards that you're, you picked out for your... Uh, politicians excellent bye all pat right. all right bye guys bye, all right jesse hit me hit me with the canadian politics all right so we're having a federal election right as we speak so as soon as this recording's done i'm gonna run down to my local independent cinema where they have the live coverage up on the screen so uh but i thought i might explain uh the canadian political parties with magic cards uh, for you, I, I assume. What do you know about Canadian politics? Presumably, Justin nothing. Trudeau. Right? Who's he? <laughs> He's uh, your king. Yep. Uh, close. Actually, we <laughs> we uh, have a queen right now, and her name is Elizabeth. But uh, Elizabeth Warren's the queen of Canada. No, Queen Elizabeth II is the queen of Canada. Oh, okay. But uh, Justin Trudeau is our prime minister, and yes. uh, so his party is the Liberal Party of Canada, and I thought. Uh, I was able to find a card from actually the very first magic set, which I think uh, characterizes him perfectly, and that's Illusionary Mask. Uh, and what does Illusionary Mask do? Well, it hides some creature so you don't know what it is. It, uh, it combos with Dreadnought. Are it you sure does. Me Justin Trudeau has a Phyrexian Dreadnought at his disposal? Because that would make his party very powerful. No, the reason he's Illusionary Mask is that uh, when he was elected four years ago, Everyone thought he was going to be this great progressive. He was going to return Canada to the kind of sunshiny, happy country that everyone imagines it to be. You know, this great example for the world, the kind of better version of America, whatever. Uh, and then it turns out that he broke all his promises and he sucks shit. So he's uh, he's illusionary mask. He's a phony. Excellent. No dreadnought. That's disappointing, though. No, that's well. That's the thing is, illusionary mask doesn't really hide the creature very well because it's always dreadnought, right? <laughs> it's oh yeah, it's always dreadnought. <laughs> Uh, next up, we got so his principal competitor is Andrew Shear of the Conservative Party of Canada, uh, and this is a man so boring that listening to him talk is probably worse than watching paint dry. Uh, he's a career politician. He claimed to have some other job when he was younger, but it turned out to be a lie. Uh, so the card I found from limited edition beta that best personifies Andrew Shear was Hypnotic Spectre. Because you feel like you're being hypnotized when you listen to him drone on. Uh, and Spectre, because, you know, he's no good and his party's no good. So, that's that. Uh, next up, we got the New Democratic Party of Canada. Those are mm -hmm. uh, our social democrats, our sort of more left-wing party. Their leader is Jagmeet Singh, and he uh, seems to have his heart in the right place. He's got real progressive values. He's interested in materially improving the lives of working people. So, he's Banalish Hero. Oh, is that really Banalish Hero? Is there any? Well, Banalish Hero's got banding. Oh, so I guess it's got a flavor win with that. All right, absolutely. All right. Uh, next, we've got uh, Yves Francois Blanchet of the Bloc Québécois, who's the federal wing of the Quebec sovereignism movement. These uh, are people who believe that Quebec should form their own country. As my friend pointed out to me, the Quebecois are basically France's Texan. Uh, something like that. S probably sort of accurate. 
the card I went with here was False Orders because the Bloc Québécois supports all kinds of uh, horrible unconstitutional legislation that infringes upon basic human rights in Quebec. Uh, so that's that. False Orders, unconstitutional legislation seems perfect. Mm-hmm. Next up, we've got Elizabeth May, the leader of the Green Party. So that was an easy pick. We went with Gaius Liege. You might think, well, Gaius Liege, that's because you know she's representing the Earth. But no, actually, it's because Gaius Liege is a big, dumb, green idiot that sucks. And if you play it, you're an idiot. <laughs> Uh, it's a card that doesn't work. It doesn't even do anything if your opponent... It just dies if your opponent doesn't have any forests, uh, which is about how useful Elizabeth May is in Parliament. So there you go. Uh, oh, biting. <laughs> and then finally, so we have now, as of this year, uh, the guy who came very close to leading the Conservative Party and then lost, formed his own political party that's uh, more or less openly fascist, and so I went with Zombie Master for him because... Uh, you know, his supporters have come out of the work woodwork as, you know, the worst kinds of uh, of zombies. Jeez. Well, I'm glad to hear that uh, Canada is just as fucked up as the U.S. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's a it's a sliding scale. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Excellent. Any any glimmer of hope? Any any uh, any set us off on a high note? So. <laughs> Well, we don't have this. This election's a real nail biter. It was looking pretty neck and neck between the two major parties the last I checked. So uh, hard to say what's going to happen. Listeners, of course, will already know. So uh, we'll have to see. I don't know. I guess for you, it probably won't matter too much. So if that's a ray of hope, there you go. Well, American listeners, once this episode comes out, we'll go and check what happened a week ago for them. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> so it'll be a nail biter for you guys, too, until you hit that Google <laughs> search. Yeah, I suppose uh, I suppose you guys don't stay up to watch the fe- Canadian federal election coverage. Doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, we're not uh, calling in sick to work the next day because we spent all night watching the Canadian federal coverage. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it takes uh, takes all kinds, I guess. Thanks so yeah. much for having me on. <laughs> Anytime, Jesse. This is great. I uh, hope to see all of our listeners at the Leaving a Legacy Open on October 26th. Uh, if you can't make it in person, tune in and hang out with Pat and I on stream. Uh, we'll also be joined in the booth by our good friend Zach Targon. Uh, and yeah, just talk to us on Twitch as we watch some sweet, sweet magic unfolds. Uh, see you all next week, guys. Come on down the Zach Targon.